You are now listening to the Sincerely Shameless Podcast, where the resilient, relentless, and shameless thrive. Welcome back, Sincerely Shameless community. What's up, shameless brand? How are we living? How are we feeling? What you have for dinner last night? (laughs) Oh my goodness, I am recording all the way from my desk in Dayton, Ohio. Um, July is coming to a close. August is upon us. Our summer dresses are about to get put up. We about to start buying our joggers. We're in hopes and anticipation that this virus is not plaguing us through the winter because I just don't know. I just don't know. We gonna need Netflix to come out with some more shows if that's the case, okay? But we are not even gonna believe that. We are not even going to speak that. We are trusting that there is something else better right around the corner. And sometimes you gotta give time, time to let time tell you what time it is. Okay. All right. So it is your favorite podcast host, Sarah J of the Shameless Brand. And I am super duper excited to be spending time with you. Um, A couple of things. (laughs) This episode is going to be a little bit different, um, same structure, but it's going to be a little bit more candid in conversation because really and truly, um, I'll be honest, y'all in the fourth season, I have never struggled so hard to even do this. And I love doing this. I absolutely 1000% love talking to you all. I love creating content. I love editing. I love promoting it and pushing it. I love talking about it and sharing it. And y'all, I was supposed to close out this season last month. (laughs) Like it should be, it shouldn't have taken what feels like 12 weeks to push you know, nine episodes and we are only on episode eight. And so I'll talk a little bit more about that in its entirety, just because I have found a new revelation as to, or a reason as to why I'm experiencing a little bit of this and possibly you two are experiencing it in this as well. And that's why we are divinely connected. So a little bit about what's going on in my life. I, um, I honestly have been struggling a bit with promoting and consistency with the shameless brand. Um, writing for the blog is simple. However, I do struggle a bit with like the images and, you know, promoting it with on Instagram, mainly because I'm not a person that cares to do that, but I know if this is going to touch the hearts and minds that God has prepared it to, then there is some work that I have to do. Also, I feel like I have several books open. I don't know if y'all have done this. I've done this. I love to read. So I've started and metaphorically started plenty of books and I feel like none of them have been finished. So I have a a lot of open chapters and I feel like a little bit about being able to finish up this season is going to require me to, you know, tie up some loose ends, you know, finish the book or close the book, but we're not coming back to it. 
either or. So that's been interesting. And then this kind of falls into the topic, but kind of resolving that this season that I am in, despite all my efforts, doesn't really have a rhythm. You know, I'm, you know, one of those people that relies heavily on the schedule. If it ain't on a schedule, it ain't happening, you know, and a lot of life has been happening and a lot of monkey wrenches have been thrown um, in the schedule and I've had to adjust quickly. So I'm not sure what season of life you are in, but I know recently on the blog, I talked about just the three phases of life. Either you are about to go into something, you are in something, or you're coming out of something. Praise God for those who are coming out of something because I'm right in the middle, okay? I'm in it. I am in the thick of it. But the rejoicing place or the place to rejoice is that no matter the stage of the cycle, there's always a coming out. So um, just to kind of segue into today's topic on the podcast, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to title it, y'all, because my notes is a little off, um, but I, I, I concluded... As blunt as it's going to sound, y'all, the title is Give Me a Minute. (laughs) I know on last week's podcast, I talked a little bit about everybody just is like, what's next? What's next? And I'm like, dang, chill five. (laughs) And I still feel that. But now I've gotten a little bit more like, give me a minute. Just, you know, you know, you know, just chill, just chill, like. While you wondering what's next for me, me too. You know, I'd like to know too. It's one of my daily laments with the Lord. I'm, you know, journaling what's next on my calendar. I'm writing what's next, like what is next. But also while wondering what's next, I'm also trying to catch a rhythm. You know, I'm finding myself having devotional at nine o'clock one day, and then I'll have devotional at seven o'clock the next day. And then I'll be able to get to prayer around 11 o'clock in the morning because I was exhausted with the day that I, you know, slept in till 10. But, you know, I don't have to be to work until four. And I'm I'm not literally pulling my hair out because I like my hair, but I feel like I'm stretched at all ends. Everybody needs something. Everybody wants something. And um Either I can provide it or I, I have to provide it. I, you know, it's it's an interesting time. So perhaps you're in this season. I don't know what it looks like for you, but let's kind of go down the list. Are you experiencing a lot of pressure? The pressure to perform, the pressure to be on time, the pressure to, you know, de- delivery in your in your language to others, the pressure to continue to show up for yourself and others, the pressure to not carry what happened a day ago, yesterday into the next day, or the pressure to to heal quickly. I mean, that's hard, you know, no grieving process, no mourning process. I'm just, I'm just out here. I got to get it done because I don't have a choice because it's got to get done. You know, when you, the, the pressure of even when you wake up feeling not heavy, but heavy in heart, because you know what today comes with. Um, I know recently I've been waking up in the mornings and I just kind of lay there because I know the moment I put my feet on this ground, I'm not going to sit down until I'm sleep, going to bed again. 
that night. Like there's no sit down. There's no let me relax. Let me catch a little moment. It's go, 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 go. Don't stop. Just go, you know. Um, so perhaps you're in that season. I um, I didn't really have a title for it. But then I, you know, then I realized I was saying the title, my title all within itself. I just kept saying to myself, I feel like I don't have a rhythm. Like I just... I feel like I can't catch a rhythm. You know how when, I don't know about y'all, but when you was in the club and the beat drop and the DJ be playing games. And so they'll they'll kind of slow it down. And you be like, uh-oh, here it is. And then they'll hit a speed up or a beat drop. And then it's like, dang, I couldn't catch that one. And you looking crazy. Um, well, try that. <laughs> Think about that continually for uh, about eight months. That's how I feel. <laughs> Like I'll I'll get up on Sunday morning and I'll say, okay, Lord, this is this is what the day is presenting. This is this is what we have. Let's go ahead and write it down. I'll write down my work schedule. I'll write down a bill schedule. I'll write down um, you know, my devotional times and the times I would like to be up. And I tell by the time that week has finished, none of those items got hit. Not on time at least. <laughs> so while saying, like, I just feel like I don't have a rhythm. I feel like I don't have a rhythm. I concluded that. I need everybody to give me a minute because I'm in a season with no rhythm. And um, what do you do when you are a highly functioning, structural individual who prides themselves on rhythm? It's like you walk into the club with your girls, you walk into the dance spot with your girls and you're like, I already, you already know, you already know when I walk in, I'm going to hit you with that shoulder lean. I'm going to hit you with that little two-step, you know, every, everything's a bop. What happens when you can't do that and everything, you're like, I don't, I don't know if this chinky or Lil Wayne, like, you know, what happens, you know? That's my question because right now I am in that. I am in the, the season of no rhythm. There's no rhythm. I can't catch the beat, but big things are still happening. You know, the demands of the podcast is still happening. The blog and my purpose is still happening. Being able to show up for my father is still happening. Being able to show up for work is still happening. Both jobs. Being able to show up for myself is still happening. Like that's still an expectation that needs to be met. So how do I, without a rhythm, come up in here in this dance scenery and catch a beat? How do I do it? Well, I'm glad you asked. And I'm glad I asked too, because as soon as I asked, I was quickly given a response. And the response was, well, you know what you can't get to today. You know that your day can't look like 6.30 a.m. You're in prayer and devotion. At 7 o'clock, you're drinking your coffee, taking a walk. At 8.15, at, you know, you're preparing for work. At 9 o'clock, you are there at work. At 9.15, you're handling clients. By 5 o'clock, you're either leaving or logging off. You know, by 6 o'clock, you're rinsing the vegetables, preparing meal. You know, by 7 o'clock, you're sitting down enjoying your meal, which like my, I'm, don't even, I go to work at 4. <laughs> so my rhythm's already off. The likelihood of me being able to get up at 6.30 is so slim because I didn't get off work until midnight. So no rhythm, right? No rhythm. So again, what happens when you can't do the things that establishes a rhythm? And what do you do to get a rhythm? Well, I concluded, thank you, Lord, <laughs> that while there weren't things that I couldn't do, I had to ask myself, what are the things that you can't afford not to do? 
what are the things in your daily activities or daily routines? What can you afford not to do? Like what, like what, like you will die a little bit physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and, or just die in life. If you malnourished yourself with these things, what is it that you can't afford not to do? So I had to sit on that one. I was like, dad, that's a, you know, I know that with me fully because I mean, that's too deep. I wouldn't have been pondering for eight months if I thought of it. That's for sure. So I wrote down, I got my, I got my journal and I started writing down some things. I wrote down, I can't afford not to be in fellowship with God. I can't afford not to, you know, just thank him. Thank you, Lord, for waking, waking me up this morning. I can't afford not to do that. Okay, cool. All right. So that's devotional. Boom. That's settled. That's settled. So that's the thing that you can't afford not to do. I said, okay, I can't afford not to have food, water, or shelter. Bet. So you got to go to work. Cool. Whatever time, four o'clock. All right, bet. I'm going to be there. Then I um, wrote down, I can't afford to go a day without experiencing joy. That's a big one, right? Like, dad, girl, you trying to go to Disney World every single day? No. We'll be nice, though. We'll be nice. When I say experiencing joy, I had to realize that joy didn't always have to be this big thing. Joy can be the small things. Joy can be the medium-sized things. Joy could be the large thing. Joy could be just enjoying a hot meal. So I said, okay, cool. Sarah, you need to go buy you some chocolate-covered almonds because you experience joy when you have three or four of those with your morning coffee. Okay. Cool. So I wrote that one down. So I got three on my list. Then I wrote, I can't afford to go a day without encouraging somebody. Okay. So I have to be in fellowship with people. I have to be in fellowship with people. Either I have to take that phone call with my homegirl just to check on her, see how she's doing. I have to reach out to somebody, check on them and see how they're doing. I have to talk to my dad, even when he's not feeling the best and encourage him to eat his food. Like that's something I can't afford not to do in my day. I wrote down I can't afford to not feel good about who I am. Every single day, I have to feel good about who I am. And I, I didn't say look good. I didn't say be the flyest thing on the block. I said just feel good about who I am. So that's an identity thing. That's reaffirming. That's purpose. Um, getting up and knowing that today is the only day I need to be concerned about and do all that I can to amplify the goodness that can flow. The last thing that I wrote down was I can't afford to go a day without laughing. And so that comes into purpose, you know, being able to encourage, being able to laugh, being able to create content, like those things bring me joy. So a lot of things got taken off the list, y'all. A lot of things got <laughs> like, a lot of things that I would normally do in my day-to-day -day got taken off. Not to say that I can't do them. It's just these things, those four things are priority. 
Those four things are must do's no matter what time I get to them. It doesn't matter if somebody, if I don't experience laughter until 8 p.m., at least I did it. It doesn't matter if I experienced joy or created joy at 7 p.m. that night. It doesn't matter if I got to encourage the person at 2 p.m. It doesn't matter if my devotional time wasn't at 6.30. That doesn't make me less of a believer. If I got up at 7 and I got there at 7.30 and I was able to sit down and fully give my undivided attention to my silence, then that's good. But I know that I can't afford to not do it every single day. I am no longer boggled down with the deadlines and the expectations of running a full day if I can afford to not do what the full day expects me to do versus being able to do what I can't afford not to do that makes my soul yearn, that makes my soul excited, that adds to my purpose, that adds to my mental, my physical, my emotional, spiritual health of who I am. Being able to say I was up at 6.30 in the morning for devotionals, cute and all, but if I fell asleep 10 times, then well, how effective was it, right? Being able to say (laughs) that I hit the gym five days out of the week but three of my workouts were fickle because I was exhausted. How effective is it? So that was something I really had to kind of grapple with. I had to grapple with being able to say, okay, Sarah, your days aren't going to look like what they used to look like because this isn't the se- the same season. This is a different season. So this season is a no rhythm season, but just because you don't have a rhythm doesn't mean you can't create a balance. And the balance is what can you afford not to do? Those four things are the things I must do. So now my question is to you. I'm not sure what your season looks like right now. I'm not sure if you are about to approach this type of season in this season or coming out of this season. My question is to you is not whether you can do it all, but the question is what can you afford not to do? Like if you don't do it, this will break you down, chip at you, piece by piece by piece. What can you afford not to do? Write the list, make them priority. Hey y'all, welcome back to the second segment of the podcast and it is the total assumption. Total assumption is where we have the opportunity to either increase and or decrease our optimism and or cynicism while looking at a scenario. And so I do want to say that first segment, I got real passionate. If y'all saw me, I was pointing my hands. I was waving them. I was ready because I felt that for myself too. And trust me, as I always do, I'll be replaying it back once it posts. So this week's total assumption is rooted in forgiveness. And I look forward to being able to do season five and really being able to dig into forgiveness and the many layers that aren't spoken about. But forgiveness is basically accepting what you want it to happen, not happening. That's all it is. It's simple. It's simple in definition. Uh, It's a little bit more (laughs) complex in, uh, you know, reality and with, I don't know, humans. Okay. So total assumption for me is this week's a little bit more personal. It is totally assuming that just because I forgave you or just because you have forgiven me, 
deems me the same level of access prior to the offense. It's double-sided because for me, forgiveness with even myself is being able to solely just accept that what I desired to happen today actually didn't happen and forgiving myself for having that level of expectation or that trust in that person, place, or thing, and then not expressing how I would have liked to see it done. So, you know, I have to forgive myself for that and then forgiving the other person. But on the flip side, I'd like to challenge you and um, your love walk with people and not just challenge you, challenge me too, honey, because we'll probably all be thinking the same thing. But what happens when the offense was unintentional and the person truly is sorry? How do we recreate a new access card? Like, We chip down, chip away at people on, okay, I don't trust you. I forgive you, but I don't trust you. Now you don't have that same access, but you still want them around. How do we recreate access cards for, you know, those who have offended us or hurt us? How do we do it? Um, The total assumption is just because I forgave you that you're, you know, you're right back in good graces. And naturally, yes, right? Like, I love you, yes. However, I think us humans, and especially us in the shameless community, we tend to say, um, I'll be darned if you think you'll get to get me like you got me again. But I would like to open up your minds to how God loves us, right? When we do stuff, God loves us so much. He said, I'll remove it as far as the east is to the west. That's amazing. That's pretty far. But when others do us something to us, we're we're we keep a score, we keep a tally, and we'll we'll create a Facebook post or an Instagram post on how we'll never ever be in that position again. I included, okay. I guess my challenge to us today is how do we increase our optimism in our forgiveness walk and our love walk with others to not be foolish, but to be wise. But to all, but to also mimic God's love. I don't know about y'all, but have y'all ever met some people who were so, you know, unforgiving that we were like, thank God you ain't God, honey, because I'd already be in hell. I don't know about y'all, but I have. <laughs> I have looked at them like, whoo, thank you. Thank God you are not God, because whoa, you're extreme. Well, take that same thought process. And um, I know a wise person once told me that the easiest thing about forgiving somebody is just remember the last time you were shady or remember the last time you weren't kind or remember the last time you probably did something like that. Because we've all been the villain in someone's, I don't know, superhero story, but we've all been Clark Kent too. And sometimes we're just the innocent bystander. I don't know her name. I wasn't really into Marvel, but you know, the one who falls in love with Clark Kent, I think. I don't know. But that's this week's total assumption. I want us to challenge ourselves in our, you know, love walk and to see if there's any additional room to stretch ourselves in the realm of forgiveness and how we forgive others and how we realign their access and how do we still love them and how that helps us become less cynical and more optimistic. (laughs) 
All right, guys, we are back to the third and final segment of the podcast, one of my absolute faves. It is Candidly Sarah J, where I offer a tip and a resource about some things that I've come to grips with or in the thick of and or just recently had some revelation on and just wanted to share just in case you're there, too. So um, this one's actually something I'm working on, and I I don't think I'll ever stop working on it. Um, I just don't think I'm hardwired to have a lot of this, though I portray like I do. Okay. Um, patience. Ooh, not the P word sis. Yes. The P word. All right. Um, I have been challenged in my patience when I say I have been, I knew at the tender age of 12 that I wanted to be a public speaker and I wanted to have my own radio show or talk show. And I wanted to write a lot of books and, you know, own some property, own a restaurant. And I wanted to vacation three months out of the year, work six months out of the year, and then just do me the other three. I knew that at 12, y'all. I did. I saw it, you know. And um, being the age that I am, I've been waiting for a minute, though. (laughs) It's been almost two decades, and uh, gee, it's almost been two decades, and I still don't see it. So the tip is to be patient. The resource is created. So when I originally started out on this podcast, I remember thinking, you know, I had applied to a lot of radio jobs. I'd applied to a lot of jobs at CNN and I just couldn't get any bites. You know, my emails would start with, we regret to inform you. And after a while, I'll just start talking back to them. Like, no, you don't. No, you do not. You don't care nothing about that. <laughs> Cause if you did, you just hire me. Right. And, um, not in giving up, but in resolving that perhaps it wasn't my time yet on that level. So what could I do on another level? And so um, having a YouTube channel, uh, having an active Instagram, having a podcast with a business partner, and then starting my own writing for a magazine, those were all of my creative outlets that basically polished me enough to be able to, if given opportunity, when given the opportunity to where I can say I've been in doing this for some time. So starting the podcast has been amazing. And so when I say create it, that that means sometimes it may not be ready for you on that level. So you have to create another level and it's kind of, I don't know, for practice, right? So, um, I want you to know that it is all worth creating. While you're being patient for the thing that you want, create it on another level that you know you can create it on, like joy. You know, I would love to go to Disney World every single day. I would love to be living um, in my high-rise house with floor-to-ceiling windows, overlooking the water, because that's what I daydream about all the time. But if not today, then I'll create it. I'll create a little bit of joy. I'll create a little bit of happiness. I'll create these things with the tools and the resources that I have now in anticipation for 
the tools that I'll have and the resources that will produce it going further. So I don't know where you are in life. I'm not sure what you're doing with your patients and your patients walk. But I do want you to know that everything that your heart desires is worth creating. And it may not be on the lavish level or, you know, the posh level that you desire now, but you can practice in another level by creating it. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sincerely Shameless Podcast, where the relentless, the shameless, and resilient thrive. If you found this podcast episode to be helpful in any shape, way, or form, please be sure to subscribe by clicking the link within the bio and then share with a friend, maybe even a friend of a friend. If you would like to submit any of your total assumptions, please be sure to visit the website theshamelessbrand.com and insert the information into the text box. If you would like to just chat with me in a more personal setting, please be sure to follow me on Instagram at she so with two O's shameless underscore. I look forward to joining you next week. Same time, same place. And remember, be you, be resilient, be relentless, be shameless.